Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 96th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty and the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. Going to get you ready for Carolina and Louisville, which will take place tomorrow night in the Smiths. We're going to get you up to date on the latest with the Cardinals. Same with Carolina. Look back at that first matchup between these two teams earlier this month. Give our keys to the game and then pick the game. But we start every preview edition of the pod, as we always do, with the pod thought of the day. And we go to former Tar Heel player and NBA head coach George Coral, who was named a finalist for the Naismith Hall of Fame earlier this week. And if he were to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, he'd become the 12th Tar Heel to, to be in the Hall of Fame. And George once said, and I think this really applies to Carolina today, um, every day we are going to fight lazy and soft. It's completely unacceptable. You have to be demanding. And I think that's where Hubert Davis has gotten with his team, where he's demanding them to not be a soft basketball team. He told Jones Angel in the post game yesterday, because Jones asked him after the big win at Virginia Tech, do you have a feel of your team now? And he goes, no, because this is who we are. We're an up and down team that struggles to be consistent in every area of the game. And, uh, It took a while for him to admit that, but I think him admitting that is a step in the right direction for a team that is trying to play its way into the NCAA tournament. So there's our pod thought of the day. Let's dive right in and talk about Louisville. And the Cardinals haven't gotten a whole lot better since the last time we saw them. Um, Remember when we saw them back earlier this month, they had just recently fired Chris Mack. Mike Pegues had taken over as the interim head coach. And they hadn't won under him until this past weekend. They snapped a seven-game losing streak with the win over Clemson. They're just 12-14 and 14 overall this season, 6-10 and 10 in a maligned ACC, well below the standard and the expectation of the Louisville program. Um, they have zero players averaging double-figure scoring. Noah Locke is now their leading scorer with 9.7 points per game. 
Remember, Malik Williams was our leading scorer back when we met the first time, but recently after playing that game against Carolina, got suspended for missing a team meeting as the on and off the court drama continues on for Louisville. And this offense hasn't gotten any better. Remember, it was a struggling offense back earlier this month. They average just 68.5 points per game and shoot 31% from behind the three-point line. In better words, um, they're... They are what Pittsburgh was last week, who came to the Smith Center, a struggling team, a very disappointing team, but they came into Chapel Hill and beat Carolina on a night where Carolina was not their best. And Carolina's going to have their hands full trying to not let that happen again against a lesser opponent at home. Well, I think they're a little bit better than probably that Pittsburgh team that we saw on Wednesday night because the thing about them is, is outside of that game against Syracuse, they've played a lot of their games pretty close. So they play hard, even against some of the best competition, but they just don't have the guys that can score the ball consistently enough to allow them to win games. And, yeah, this is going to be another one of those games where Carolina is going to have to score the ball and score well. Um, you know, we'll have to we'll have to see uh, if Carolina is sort of up for that task uh, after you know, they shot it pretty well in the first half against Virginia Tech and then dropped off a little bit in that second half. But if they are, uh, and I think they they should be in this game, uh, then you know this is a team where if you get into the seventies, Louisville's not a team that had really has the capability of being able to, you know, f- score with you. Um, they didn't even really do that the first time. They, you know, found a way to make the game ugly. I mean, yeah, they scored 83 points, but that was because they had to go to overtime. Um, and, you know, there are some areas that you've got to clean up because they shot the ball well from deep. But I-, I think ultimately, yeah, this is one of those games. This was one that, you know, before Pittsburgh, we had talked about it. These are the games that you should be – taking care of business in. Um, This is not a game where you should be going in and and saying, you know, this is a toss-up game. But at this point, they got to treat every game like that because as we saw against Pittsburgh, if you don't, you can get caught. So uh, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup for Carolina, but you're hoping ultimately that they can return to what they've done for the most part this season at home against these type of opponents uh, and get a comfortable win. Yeah, Carolina enters coming off that big win on Saturday at Virginia Tech, 19-8 and overall. Uh, they earned their first quad one win of the season. As of recording, Michigan is playing Wisconsin, and if Michigan wins the game, Carolina will then be up to two quad one wins, and now all of a sudden they have a little bit more of a resume to work with as we get closer and closer to Selection Sunday. Um Carolina still has four players averaging double-figure scoring, led by Armando Baycott, 16.1 points per game and 12.2 rebounds per game as he's now up to 20 double-doubles on the season, three double-doubles shy of tying the single-season record set by Bryce Johnson all the, all the way back in, during that 2015-16 run to the national championship game. And Carolina is seventh in defensive rebounds per game at over 29 per game. As much as Virginia as much as Louisville, excuse me, struggles to score the ball. Carolina is the second highest scoring team in the ACC, which why is which is why there is that emphasis to get this game 
up at the, at the pace and the tempo that you want the game to be played at. And hopefully if you do that, they will not be able to keep up with you. Let's go back to that first matchup between these two schools back on the 1st of February. And at the time, even though Louisville's record was just 11-10 and 10 during that game, you can make the argument it was the best road win for Carolina. I think now, of course, that, that, that belongs to the road win at Virginia Tech, but the KFC Young Center was hostile. It was packed, and it was a physical game in a game that Carolina won 92-83 in that overtime session. I remember Caleb Love did commit that careless turnover that allowed the game to go to overtime, but in that game, Carolina's 90 points were scored by all five of their starters as they all five reached double-figure scoring. Carolina won because they shot 47% from behind the three-point line in that game, led by Brady Manick going four of nine from deep, as well as R.J. Davis going four of eight from deep, as Carolina was off. Carolina's offense was the best it looked on the road at that point in the season, outside of that blowout win at Boston College earlier in the year. But defensively, they really struggled defending the three-point line. Louisville was 15 of 35 for 43%. L. Ellis made five of them all in the second half in the overtime period. Uh, but this was a game that, that Carolina, I think, would have lost last year, two years ago. And, and, and before they really won the game on the road, we didn't trust them to win because they hadn't done anything significant on the road. And now all of a sudden you look back up, and this is a team that's won three straight road games, including that win at Louisville at Clemson last week and just recently at Virginia Tech, all three in different forms and fashions. And they're starting to gain more confidence on the road, I think. And that's something they're going to have to do is they still got to go to NC State, which won't be an easy environment as it, as it always is. And, of course, you got the season finale at Duke and what will be as emotional a setting college basketball has ever seen. But I thought Carolina did some things well in that game that that they can translate into this game, kind of like they did with Virginia Tech. They did some things well in the first matchup with the Hokies. It translated well uh, in, in yesterday's win. If Carolina wins this game, it'll become the fourth ACC opponent they've swept this season. They've already swept. Georgia Tech. They've already swept Boston College. They just swept Virginia Tech, and now Louisville could be the fourth ACC team that they were able to sweep, um, which is pretty impressive despite how down the league is. So be interesting to see how what worked the first time translates into what works around the second time because there are different situations and scenarios that factor into this game tomorrow night. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get you this week's ad from DraftKings, and then when we come back, we're going to give you our keys to a hopeful and potential home win over Louisville. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big day payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes 
with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 older Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details for a list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Voidware prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Hey guys, it's Anthony here from the Heel Tough blog. Make sure you head over and check out Josh's recap of the game that we're previewing here after the game on Saturday. We'll have that recap of the Virginia Tech game for you. He will then circle around and preview the game against Louisville for you. Meanwhile, on the football side of things, weekly storylines return this week. It'll be two weeks of big storylines around Tar Heel football that you may have missed. Make sure you head over and check it out, heeltoughblog.com. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all these great offers I've been giving you on the Four corner side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog side of things. The first key to the game I have is no letdown at home. You're coming off a big-time road win, an emotional win, an exhausting win. All five starters played at least 32 minutes. Um, as Sheber Davis really shortened his bench to ensure he got a home win on the road when Carolina needed it the most. But the last time we saw Carolina at home was in that game against Pittsburgh, and they allowed the Panthers to come into their building, shoot 51% from the field, 58% from behind the three-point line, and, and and beat Carolina rather handily. They, they used a 21-2 run to take control of the game and really controlled the game until the final six or seven minutes or so before Carolina did push back finally. But um, this is a team that's 13-2 at home. You've only got two home games left the rest of the year. This one against Louisville and the next Monday at home against Syracuse. They need them both as they still try to work their way, win their way into the NCAA tournament. Well, yeah, we I, I mentioned it when we were recapping the game against Pittsburgh that there could have been a look-ahead factor to that game against Virginia Tech. Well, now get that big win. You need to, as you said, avoid letting this game be a letdown. There's always going to be that chance, uh, especially you know now. When, you know, for the most part, we thought Carolina had kind of taken business, taking care of business pretty well mm-hmm. in those scenarios so far this season, especially at home. And yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of shocking that you know coming into this game, you you would I would have to say that the way that this team has played the last two seasons at home I mean you're talking about three losses in two years so far uh, in the Smith Center so that's where they've done most of their damage but yeah after the other night it's it's something that you definitely have to bring up but you know I feel like you're you're hoping that you're going to see an inspired performance from Caleb Love and, and I feel like maybe 
that that second half against Pittsburgh was potentially what turned things yeah. around a little bit for him. So we'll see. Um, I think, again, you're going to kind of get a feel as you do early on in these games all year where exactly this team is at. Are they able to knock down some of those tough shots early on? Because I think that really sets the mindset of these guys early in the game. If shots aren't falling, then – Things can get a little out of control. That if, if they are going down, that's when Carolina usually looks uh, to be at its best. So I think you'll you'll get a pretty good feeling early on for where this team is at. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a concern when you come off of as big of a win as that was against Virginia Tech, a win that as we talked about. Uh, is, is really the thing you're going off of making the NCAA tournament on right now, unless Michigan can continue uh, to sort of you know, climb themselves back into the Big Ten race and solidify themselves as a tournament team. So Carolina's got to just come out and you know realize that, hey, it doesn't matter the records of some of these teams in the ACC. I mean, this team that uh, you, know, you, you beat in overtime earlier uh, in the year, just beat Clemson, a team that you struggled against and, you know, had to beat late uh, by nine. So every everything is the ACC this season. It's, it's starting – these teams might not be great, but it's starting to become more and more like the ACC as the season goes along where you have to bring your best every single night. The second key I have to the game is defend the three-point line, and that might be interesting because Louisville only shoots 31% as a team from behind the arc, but they had a lot of success against Carolina in that first matchup. They made 15 of them. And Louisville knows their best chance to go on the road and win a game they're not supposed to win is to take and make perimeter jump shots. And um, you've got... Noah Locke, a guy that Carolina was interested in last year when he was transferring away from Florida. But the guy that really killed Carolina in that first matchup was L. Ellis. As I mentioned, was made five three-pointers all in the second half and that overtime period. Carolina defended the three-point line very well on Saturday. They held the best three-point shooting team in the ACC to just five of 26. That's just 19%. This isn't as good a three-point shooting team as Virginia Tech, but we can expect the same volume of three-point shots to try for, for Louisville to try to come on the road and get the upset. The difference is, is that Louisville isn't going to make the shots that, sh- that you would probably expect them to make most years, but they made them in that first matchup because they were they rode the emotion. And um, I think that's something Carolina's going to have to do. They're going to make some threes you don't expect them to make. And that's part of it. It's but it's, it's allowing that to not snowball over. I thought that was really what happened in Pittsburgh, where once Pittsburgh made one or two, all of a sudden it became three, four, five in a row. That can't happen. And so Carolina's got to be mindful to close out, to make sure they're rotating when the ball gets switched from one side of the court to the other. And and, and just really force them to take three-point shots. If, if they got to take 35, I'd much rather them take 35 than take 15 or 20 like Pittsburgh did and beat you. And, and I think Carolina's capable of doing that because Louisville's had such a hard time putting the ball in the basket. But there's got to be that same emphasis in this game to defend the three-point line because that's Louisville's best chance to pull an upset. Yeah, there's no doubt about that with the way that Carolina performed against them the first time that they played. And look, he's not a great three-point shooter, but Malik Williams has that ability 
ability to step out. So you're going to have that challenge of more than likely Armando Baycott having to try to guard the three-point line a little bit against him. Now, look, he's not Nate Lashevsky. This is not a guy that's going to come out and just absolutely destroy you from beyond the arc. But, yeah, it's, it needs to be a focus in this game. And, um, you know, you, you look and uh, you would probably believe they're not going to shoot that well again. Yeah. Because they haven't really shot that well throughout the entire season. I mean, they're 297th in the country in three-point shooting. So um, I, I think that's probably something that Carolina has going in their favor. But, you you know, you have to kind of create some of that yourself. You did a good job against Virginia Tech in both matchups that you played them this season, running one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country off the line. You still have to bring that same energy to this game because, yeah, for them, if if, if you're uh, Mike Pegues, why is that not going to be your same game plan at this time around? It worked the first time, and it worked wonders. So you would imagine that it's going to be a similar game plan in this one. Um, but, you know, I, I feel pretty confident that Carolina can get that done, especially, you know, with the fact that that, I mean, it, there's been moments where that's beaten you. But I really feel like Pittsburgh was that first game all season where somebody really just lit you up from beyond the arc, and that was one of the main reasons why you lost the game. I, I feel like Carolina has done a good job of avoiding that for the most part this year, and I, I think, you know, even though they let them hit 15 in the first game, I, I feel like they'll have a chance to do that again in this one. The last key I have to today's or, or to, to tomorrow's game against Louisville is I think Carolina's got to stay aggressive on offense. And that's something that you've pointed out here recently. Instead of settling for three-point shots, generate three-point shots by attacking the basket, making the defense clamp, and then kick out to two to open shooters behind the three-point line. And I thought Carolina did a really good job of that in the first half against Virginia Tech. Not so much in the second half as it became a defensive-minded game, but – Love and Davis, they need to stay in attack mode because when they're in attack mode, it, it makes the game easier for them. And then for Armando Baycott and Brady Manick. And Louisville's going to do some things defensively. They're going to press. They're going to trap. Um, they're going to be very physical with Carolina. I thought they handled that extremely well on the road in that environment the first time. But now it needs to translate back at home and not allow Louisville to dictate what you do on offense. You need to dictate what you want to do, which is get downhill, get to the basket, and let your offense kind of generate off of that. Yeah, that I, I I said that, you know, it sort of that sort of disappeared in the game against Pittsburgh. And I never really understood why, because that was where you were having the most success um, you know, over the prior two games. And I think we've seen that even throughout the year. But Carolina has, you know, not been able to consistently um, you know, go after that. So I think that that's definitely going to be one of the focuses in this game. There's no doubt about that. And uh, I mean, look, the first time around, um, you know, that neither one of the guards shot well. You had R.J. Davis, who was six of fifteen from the field. Granted, he scored eighteen points, but he didn't have his best shooting night. And Caleb Love from the field was simply awful. He was three of eighteen, so he got and still scored sixteen points, but he had to get to the free throw line to do it. 
but that was what allowed them to have the most success. They've got to get downhill in this game and finish at the rim. This is not a big Louisville team inside, even with Malik Williams back. He's 6'11". This isn't exactly some of the rim protectors that you faced so far this year that you struggled against. So, yeah, that's when their offense is at their best because when you are able to drive the lane and draw another defender, that can open a lot of things up. Or there's times where you saw it the, the other day against Virginia Tech, you just simply drive right by guys. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's when these guys have been at their best all season. That's no secret. And I think that's got to be a big part of the game plan once again in this one. Uh, Carolina wants to take down the Cardinals at home. They enter with a 85.6% chance to win the game, according to ESPN's College Basketball Power Index. And I think that's the expectation. This isn't a game that Carolina should lose. But Pittsburgh wasn't a game they should have lost either, but that's what happened. But um, at at some point, this team's going to turn the corner. You would have to think it was on Saturday. They went on the road and what at the time was the most hostile environment they've played in this season and found a way to win a ball game. You hope that translates coming back home. I do worry about the team being tired because they're they're playing in less than 48 hours, but at this point, that's an excuse, and I think Hubert Davis will try to keep them off their feet as much as he can. This this Saturday and the Monday turnaround is a great um, simulation for the NCAA tournament if you were to make the NCAA tournament. Um, but this is a game that if Carolina is a legitimately want to, to play for a national championship, if they legitimately want to do something significant with this season, this is not a game they should lose. I think the Pittsburgh game was the final wake-up call for this group. You heard that from the players. You heard it from the coaching staff. I expect Carolina to win and win rather comfortably tomorrow night at home. Yeah, you're right. I, I think you look at that game against Pittsburgh, and that could be the one that you look on, look back on and say, hey, it changed the entire season for Carolina because the mindset just changed. One of the big things in this in the first matchup with this team, Louisville fought you real hard on the glass. Matt mm-hmm. Cross was a monster um, before Armando Baycott took over late in the game to out-rebound him by seven. They were neck and neck for the majority of the way. So I think that's also going to be a pretty big factor in this game. But Carolina shared the ball extremely well in the first matchup. They got to the free throw line a good amount. I think that's got to be a big part of the game plan on the offensive end. And on the defensive side, as we talked about, you just have to run this team off the three-point line. I don't think they're going to shoot as well as they did the first time around. Uh, Maybe they do. You're hoping not. But uh, the way they shot the first time around was one of their best shooting performances of the entire season, especially from beyond the arc. So I think there's going to be a more concerted effort to try to run them off the three-point line. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that you want to ask for Malik Williams inside for most of the night because, hey, I thought that asking for John Hughley matched up against Armando Baycott would work out in Armando's favor. It didn't. Yep. So not going to say, hey, that's where, you know, you want to try to get them to force the ball. But I, I think Carolina knows that again, it's 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 desperation time, and this isn't a game where you should be feeling like you got to be play a perfect game to win, but you should still be expecting, hey, we've got to come out and put together one of our best performances every single game the rest of the way if we want to be able to make the NCAA tournament. This is one of those ones that you are hoping you can check off here. 
I'm with you. I think Carolina gets the win in this one. Um, I think it's, you know, with the short turnaround, though, I do think it'll probably make it a little bit closer than some people probably think. But, uh, yeah, playing that short of a rotation, playing on, that, on, on you know, two days rest, um, I think that, that will probably play a factor. But I think Carolina gets the win. So there you go, guys. Both Anthony and myself predicting a Carolina win tomorrow night against Louisville. You can find that game on 7 p.m. over on ESPN, a part of their big Monday coverage. That is going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We remind you guys, check out the website, HeelToughBlog.com, and make sure you go subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on every major podcasting platform. Simply just search the Four Corners Podcast. We'll pop up. Like the pod, review the pod, but most importantly, we encourage you guys to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the podcast for the rest of the season. That is going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.